Welcome to Uncovered, the podcast series that goes behind the headlines to give you an in-depth look at the stories that matter. I'm Kelly Crichton, and on each episode of Uncovered, I'll be joined by the national world reporters who are working to bring information to light and hold those in power accountable. We'll be revealing the journalistic work that goes into the team's investigations and highlighting some important stories we think you need to know about but have gone uncovered in the wider media. Today, I'm joined by Ethan Schoen, investigative reporter with National World, who's been looking at the Prime Minister's enthusiasm for the cryptocurrency industry. Downing Street has refused to answer whether Rishi Sunak has ever invested in cryptocurrency, which has prompted questions from transparency campaigners. Hi, Ethan. There have been various stories in the past six months around whether the government is spending too much time focusing too much energy on the cryptocurrency industry. Can you give us the background to this story, please? Yeah, so, I mean, it's something I've been interested in for a while, really, the government's kind of approach to to this industry. I mean, cards on the table, it, it's not something I've ever been particularly sold on, mm-hmm. um, kind of crypto and some of the, some of the wider um, technologies that are associated with it. I kind of feel like in its worst iterations, it's, it's you know, basically just a total scam. Mm. And kind of at its best, it's often just kind of an overhyped, repackaged version of things that that really already exist um but but there has been a lot of interest in it Mm -hmm. um in the kind of financial services sector and the government has really kind of you know hitched its wagon to 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 crypto in in quite a big way which has been quite striking Mm. i mean i think you you can go back a couple of years really to boris johnson in charge and rishi sunak as as chancellor and before we kind of move on to, to rishi sunak it's worth noting that one of boris johnson's kind of main individual donors, someone who gave him a, a kind of one-off donation of a million pounds and has been a conservative donor besides that, has acted as a lobbyist for a kind of industry representative group for for, for cryptocurrency, okay. uh, lobbying the EU parliament. Mm-hmm. So then we we kind of move forward. So, so, so this interesting, it kind of starts when Rishi Sunak is, is chancellor mm-hmm. and he obviously has a history with, with Silicon Valley uh-huh. um, and investment firms there, which certainly going back a few years had had a, a big part. And maybe these days a slightly diminishing role, mm-hmm. but but uh, still still kind of quite important in that sector. So a number of firms, a, a large group of firms, were were meeting with government with a with a view to which is not unusual with a view to trying to kind of shape regulation as it was being kind of being decided on i suppose mm-hmm. you know it's a, it's a pretty new sector so you know inevitably when things like this pop up yeah. governments have to try and work out how they're going to approach it and the lobbyists gather from all corners <laughs> absolutely absolutely because you know ultimately they want to have a say on the rules that are going to govern um their activities yeah um, and I mean, I think we're going to hear from Simon Yule at, at Positive Money in a, in a little while, mm-hmm. who kind of lays out what the kind of potential pitfalls of that approach are. But it's a bit like, you know, marking your own homework before you've even done the homework, mm-hmm. I suppose, really. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of in, in, engagement with the sector. And Sunak clearly has this kind of pre-existing interest in it. Mm-hmm. And and that has, as he's moved from, from uh, you know, one door along from number 11 to number 10 yeah. that's maintained that that interest and and we're at a point now where the uk is is, is kind of pushing to become kind of a the term that's often used is like a global hub for, mm-hmm. for crypto assets now i suppose what's interesting about that is that this is all going on during a period where many other countries are kind of backing off from crypto if you think back to i think it's probably last november you had the very high profile collapse of of probably the biggest 
company in this space, mm-hmm. FTX, mm-hmm. which which was a, a really kind of spectacular collapse with with a lot of allegations of, of quite serious wrongdoing on, on on various parts. And and interestingly, in the US, they were very much involved in trying to mm. shape the regulatory process. There was a lot of money being given to political parties on on both sides. I think from the the, the founders of that that company. Mm-hmm. You also have latterly two more big companies, Coinbase and Binance, who who incidentally have met with with ministers in the UK, including Rishi Sunak. They're now both facing charges from the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is one of the kind of financial regulators in the US. The value of cryptocurrencies, most cryptocurrencies, has kind of bottomed out, has hit a real low point in recent months. And obviously when that happens, you see investors start to really pull back from the sector. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult to see, I suppose, really, where the, the government's continued enthusiasm for the sector comes from. Mm-hmm. But it's there. It's there nonetheless. Yeah. And we see that in lots of ways. Bringing it to more recent months, then in January, the Economic Secretary to the Treasury, Andrew Griffith, said he, is, he had spent more time focusing on the crypto asset industry than any other sector, which kind of is baffling, and reaffirmed the government's commitment to becoming a world leader in crypto assets. In February, the Treasury announced plans to regulate crypto and opened a consultation. But then in April, you reported on Griffith being an investor in First Minute Capital, which is a venture capital fund which backs tech companies and has significant interests in crypto. What's been the reaction to all this? I mean, the reaction, I, I, all of this is kind of going a little bit under the radar, yeah. to be honest, or, or certainly I think in proportionate to to how uh, the potential impact of this. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, this aspect of it is really quite striking to me. So you have, to, to spell this out, you know, you have a, a senior treasury minister mm-hmm. and someone who has been at the heart of of policy making on some quite key issues for the last few years, and that that goes back to um, he was the head of Boris Johnson's policy making unit in Number Ten. Mm-hmm. Was very involved in another one of my kind of favourite subjects, the kind of gambling industry reform. Uh-huh. Was central to, to that. Stuck around in in Liz, Liz Truss's um, brief mm-hmm. um, ministry, mm-hmm. and now under Rishi Sunak is is kind of tasked with with leaning on crypto. Yeah. So I think the fact that someone who is who's clearly valued by by many in the Conservative Party and has a very senior role. The fact that he's been tasked with this job and the fact that, as you say, he is seeing crypto as the main part of his role as, as Economic Secretary to the Treasury, yeah. I think is really is is indicative of, of the value that's placed on this industry mm-hmm. by government. Considering that, then we learn when the um, ministers, uh, the list of ministers' interests was published, albeit quite a delayed version. It had been held up for, for quite a long time. When this was published, we learn that Andrew Griffith has a financial stake in, as you say, First Minute Capital, which mm-hmm. is a, an investment firm which, among other things, it's not just in crypto and it's not just in in what we kind of term like the Web3 space, which incorporates lots of things, cryptocurrencies, whether they be uh, speculative cryptos or stable coins or things like blockchain technology mm-hmm. and, and even, even stuff like NFTs, which have kind of died a death mm-hmm. really since their like brief flash in the pan <laughs> period of like everyone's going to have an NFT forever everything yeah. which we were all told uh, they've they seem to have disappeared a little bit mm-hmm. but it's you know I, I guess it's important to say that, that there's no rules been broken mm-hmm. here which is actually maybe more striking than if this were against the rules i think yeah because it, it's it's quite obvious how you could perceive this as a as a real conflict of interest when mm-hmm. a minister who's responsible for setting out the regulatory framework for an entire industry 
has an interest in that industry and, mm-hmm. and maybe that's a maybe that's more an indictment of the rules themselves than it is anything else if it's not against the rules which which you know it's not um and suppose we have to ask whether they are fit for purpose if that kind of arrangement is is fine which which it is mm-hmm. absolutely okay well you've spoken with simon yule who is policy director at positive money about this story and in this clip that listeners are going to hear now you discuss how the government seem clearly determined to turn the uk into what you called a global hub earlier for crypto and why that's problematic you also chat to him about the lack of regulation and concerns relating to that and finally you talk about the questions being asked of rishi sunak's personal interest in cryptocurrency. We're going to hear that now. So the government's pushed kind of pretty hard on this ambition to turn the UK into what they term like a a global hub for for crypto assets. Do you see any reasons to be concerned about that? And I guess, does it seem out of step really with what's happening elsewhere, what's happening in the crypto world, I suppose, right now, Mm. where I guess, you know, we could, we could probably agree that you know things are not going all that well really yeah i mean definitely um we're, we're seeing what seems to be a prolonged crypto winter i mean I, I don't personally spend too much time like looking at the fluctuations of things like bitcoin but there seems to be you know the long-term trajectory in terms of the investment going into the sector seems to, to have fallen quite a lot and yeah i think you know it seems to me as if bitcoin and other crypto assets you know, weren't very good at handling higher interest rates. So a lot of these kind of assets um, really took off when we had an era of lower interest rates, um, when, you know, there wasn't, you know, as much kind of cost of money or um, many other assets weren't offering good returns. So, you know, that there was a kind of incentive to to kind of buy speculative assets and hope that the price just increases. But as soon as, you know, the central bank started raising interest rates, we saw a uh, pretty dramatic downturn in the crypto market and you know people realizing instead of you know investing in in crypto they could um get for instance up to like five percent on government bonds um quite easily so yeah it's it's really like as a kind of speculative ponzi scheme the kind of crypto industry you know has only been able to um thrive in you know these kind of ultra easy money regimes which we're coming out of and you know it's kind of i find it kind of ironic that you know the the crypto enthusiasts often um you know complain about um the feds kind of you know or the other central banks um being too loose on the money supply and you know, basically debasing the currency. But, you know, as soon as they get what they want, which is tied to monetary policy, the, the, the central banks raising interest rates and, and printing less money, um, the crypto um, that they're invested in can no longer survive. So Rishi Sunak is, you know, one of the last kind of world leaders who is really still kind of bullish on crypto. Even with all of this happening around all of the kind of scams coming to light and the you know, exchanges being sued by um the regulators and um you know um the crypto um firms collapsing uh Rishi Sunak is, is still um promoting um certain crypto firms expanding in the UK so I think there's a real worry that um the UK will think you know this is maybe an area where we have competitive advantage compared to other jurisdictions um and kind of welcome um, this as, as because it could you know at least in the short term be a way of boosting the financial services sector um but i think you know in the long term it's ultimately going to be very bad for the uk public you know so many people in the uk have already lost significant amounts of money 
on crypto and um yeah it's a it's a kind of almost a distraction from the economic issues that um we really need to deal with and yeah it seems as if rishi sunak's kind of main plan is to like just deregulate more and hope we get more um jobs and, and investment coming in from um things like crypto which i think is absolutely the the, the last thing we need right now Yes, it's interesting that you mention regulation and and I suppose the the UK's approach to regulating crypto and and these kind of assets. There was a recent Treasury Select Committee report which, um, following an inquiry into how to approach regulating in this sector, recommended treating it as almost like a kind of gambling product Mm. um, from a regulatory perspective. Now, I was quite interested to to note that the IOSCO, the kind of uh, the like umbrella group for for um, mm. regulators, um, financial regulators, uh, which I think includes the the Financial Conduct Authority, they they'd recommended matching it up with more traditional financial assets. Mm. The government has taken quite a different approach, certainly from the Treasury Select Committee's report, or is taking a very different approach. Can you can you talk a little bit about that and, and I suppose the potential risks for consumers that maybe, as we said, the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority, has expressed concerns about? Mm, sure. So I think it's worth kind of separating out different kinds of crypto assets. So, you know, there are obviously ones like Bitcoin, which are you know a purely a speculative asset don't really serve any use per use function other than um essentially yeah being a form of gambling those i guess you could treat those kinds of assets as gambling um but i think you know what rishi sunak and others would say as well there are there are other kind of technological innovations coming from the crypto technology and, and web 3.0 kind of universe which you know might actually offer kind of greater efficiencies for instance you know stable coins so there's a, the recent Financial Service and Markets Act, which is trying to regulate stable coins as a potential digital settlement asset, which, you know, potentially stable coins could be ways of um, clearing payments um, more efficiently and cheaper. But I think, you know, the issue is like all of the hype um, around the sector doesn't really match what, you know, little, probably minor increases in, in efficiency or utility offered by the technology. The issue is the way in which the government has been approaching regulation is like they're trying to take a very open-minded approach, right? Like they don't want to be thinking that or seem to be, you know, clamping down on any like technological kind of potential or, you know, experimentation and innovation. So they've even, um, the Financial Conduct Authority has been told essentially to make an exemption in um, financial promotions for cryptocurrencies, even if they aren't FCA authorized. So this essentially means that, you know, lots of crypto companies are going to be able to advertise and, you know, grow their business and getting, you know, pull in lots of ordinary members of the public. And then, you know, potentially by the time um, they've collapsed, they haven't been like authorized by the FCA and you know, there's no real like protection for, for consumers or, or the public more generally. What we really need to be doing is like recognizing that crypto isn't actually like reinventing the wheel a lot of the time. It's just trying to do existing kind of financial services in a kind of often, you know, dodgier way, right? There's, you know, the concept of regulatory arbitrage is often important for this, right? Um, so that, that that basically means that um if you if you like try and develop new ways of doing it and new regulations you could potentially um water down um regulations and and this is essentially what a lot of the crypto firms are trying to 
to bet on that they might be able to, for instance, um, issue stable coins, which are able to compete with bank deposits, but with less regulation. If a crypto asset is going to be like a means of payment, it should be regulated like a bank deposit. If it's going to be like a speculative asset, yeah, it should be regulated as a security, as our regulators across the globe have been pushing for. If any of the like crypto asset schemes out there at the moment, if they were required to have the same standards of any financial security, they, you know, wouldn't make it. They wouldn't survive if they were given that same scrutiny that would be required for, you know, equities or bonds. It's a tricky one for the industry because if you do start regulating it properly, they realize, you know, that there isn't anything, you know, the emperor has no clothes, essentially. Yeah, and I guess it's 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 always worth kind of thinking about. We've done a, a bit of coverage of of how many companies uh, and how close the, the the government is working with the sector to create regulation. And, and we've seen mm. that in the past in in the US with 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 huge companies that have then gone on to collapse, trying to be very involved with yeah, yeah. the the political scene in order to have a say in how those regulations are are created. And obviously, there are there are reasons why it, it makes sense for companies to have some input into those processes in, in a practical sense, but there are clearly concerns about companies when they are maybe too close to government or companies that we later find out to have kind of significant issues. I mean, Coinbase and, um, mm. and Binance spring to mind as, as two companies that have met with the government on, on, a, on a number of occasions and have clearly been quite involved alongside a, a you know a whole host of other companies in the sector clearly been quite involved in in lobbying for how they believe the kind of regulatory framework in the uk should be set up and i guess when you work so closely with the sector and with companies then it does leave you open to to potential problems there i think yeah. if we could kind of come back to to sunak himself and, and i suppose maybe more the government's approach although it certainly seems to me that the UK, the government's enthusiasm for for the kind of crypto asset sector seems to kind of originate in Rishi Sunak's treasury, from from what mm. I can gather. Uh, and then it's continued now that he's in in number ten. Now, obviously, and I think it's important to say we we don't know um, what what his investments are or were. There is the kind of much reported um, blind trust arrangement around his kind of investment portfolio. But um, in in the piece that we've we published recently on on this, you, you kind of said that you know in relation to crypto in particular, um, it, it, it is quite maybe concerning um, that we don't have any insight into into whether there's an interest in this. And I, and I guess the point maybe is that so often in this sector, uh, and, and not exclusively, but but so often in this sector, those that kind of I don't know shout the loudest may have more than just a kind of a passing interest in the sector or or an enthusiasm for it. Um, on its on its own terms, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the same with any Ponzi scheme, and you know, the vast majority of the crypto industry is a Ponzi scheme. You know, the, the people you've probably heard, or you know, lots of uh, people you might know have, have probably tried to convince you that cryptocurrency is the future, and you know, without a doubt, they all have invested in it. You know, it's only rational. This is the only way in which the um, asset can grow because it doesn't, you know. Um, give any other utility or, or value, um, the only way you can grow is by convincing more people to join in, then um, of course you're going to have a real problem with a vested interest. You know, people people who are going to be pushing it are only people who want to see, presumably for a financial reason, to see um, the asset be more successful. So yeah, for me in general, um, any 
prime minister should be fully transparent about their investments. We don't know. I think that's a problem in itself. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he's genuinely drunk the Kool-Aid on, on crypto. You know, he. From, I think you're right. He has been very enthusiastic and brought that enthusiasm to the treasury. You know, he went to visit some friends in Silicon Valley. And from what I've understood, he, he's kind of had like a bit of a, you know, um, evangelical moment where he's really been like convinced about the sector. Um, and whether that's because, you know, he, he's got mates who've, um, or himself have invested interest in it, or he genuinely believes in the technology, um, it's difficult to tell. But I think if you're in, in power, and you're making policy and really driving this kind of sector, you know, or promoting this sector, we've really got to know, like, what are your links to it? Okay, so what has been the response to all this from Downing Street, Ethan? Yeah, it's it's often the same old story with these kind of questions when we put them to Downing Street. Is mm. that it's the, uh, you know, that Lewis Carroll line from, from the poem, you know, but answer came there, none. Um, you know, as a matter of course, number 10 has always had this kind of response when it comes to Sunak's investments, that they're placed in a blind trust arrangement and therefore he has no idea of what's in them. Uh, it does seem to skirt around the fact that what we asked was actually, had he invested in crypto prior to the investment portfolio being kind of placed into this blind arrangement? Mm -hmm. So it, the, the thing with blind trusts is that they are a fairly well-established tool. They mm -hmm. are something that ministers have long used to say, basically, look, I, I don't have any control over my investments now, so I'm I'm not able to, even if I wanted to, shape policy in a way which would benefit me personally. Um, mm -hmm. But there are flaws in this system, uh, even if they are kind of, you know, let's, let's call them hypothetical. Because, yep. you know, experts have raised concerns. I, I spoke to a researcher at, um, at Spotlight on corruption recently who's done a lot of work on this kind of thing. And, and they basically say that, you know, the system relies, as does so much of, of our um, standards kind of yep. um, system, on self-disclosure and, mm -hmm. and kind of... Uh, I suppose honesty. Really, we're relying yeah. on on ministers and, and MPs to to own up to their investments and their interests and things. And, and, and unfortunately, that's not always the case. If you imagine mm. this arrangement isn't monitored externally, there's no auditing that goes on. So you say mm. I've placed this in a blind trust. Now we're not allowed to know who or what entity manages the trust. So it, it, mm -hmm. it could be. A company which Sunak has, has no, uh, you know, an investment firm which he has no personal relationship with, no dealings with outside of this arrangement being set up, it could mm. also, in theory, and it's important to stress, we don't know, and that's kind of a problem in itself. It could, in theory, be a very close friend who, mm. while by the way that these things are structured, he shouldn't be talking to him about yeah. what's in it. There's no one. Yeah. There's no one monitoring that. So, Checking. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, <laughs> it all comes down to the fact that we are completely reliant on them just doing what they say they're doing, um, mm -hmm. which is not given, you know, the events of, I don't even know if it's the last mm. few years, the last few decades maybe in, in Parliament. <laughs> it, it's, yes. You can see that there are potential pitfalls in that, in that approach. There's a, certainly re reason for suspicion there, isn't there? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the one, that, the thing that kind of draws our attention to this is, yes, Sunak's continued enthusiasm for the sector, which... I was quite struck by the fact that when an investment firm, A16Z or Andreessen Horowitz, um, which is a, a big venture fund which has a lot of money in, in crypto, mm -hmm. they announced that they would be uh, setting up an office in, in London. Last month the announcement came and, and Sunak 
not only kind of shared it on his um, you know official Twitter account and kind of welcomed the news and stuff. He he also provided quite a, a lengthy and quite uh, glowing comment for their press release, um, mm. which is which is quite unusual really for you know for a sitting mm. prime minister to 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 align themselves with a company or a body like that. Yeah, it is, and and, and this is a firm that that he met with um, during his time as chancellor uh, on a couple of occasions, mm. I believe. So it it. It, it really brought back into focus that this is not something that the government has cooled down on in light of recent developments. Mm. This is something that they're clearly mm. still very keen on. And so that's why, you know, I think we're asking these questions and campaigners are asking these questions as well of, can we have some clarification, some confirmation that this was not something that he has a personal uh, stake in? Yeah, it sounds like it's going to run and run for another while. Anyway, they're so committed to it. Uh, thanks for that, Ethan, and thank you to Simon, who joined us as well today. You can find a series of articles around this story, as well as video content on nationalworld.com. I'll be back again soon with more analysis of the stories that matter.